Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. Whoa! Is there some energy in this room, or is there some energy in this room? I'm sorry to announce to you that in the middle of all this joy and enthusiasm, I have a bit of a downer to talk to you about tonight. Can we try that again? Can you hear me? Okay, as I was saying, What's that? Oh, yeah. It means it's a good sermon. It's a, yeah. Is it as good for you as it is for me? I hope so. Okay. Well, I'm going to need some tape there. Do you have any duct tape, Brett? No duct tape. No duct tape because I hate it when that thing jiggles around. I like a firm mouthpiece. I'll get you some. Actually, I, I think I can handle that. Yeah? All right. Yeah, I think I can handle that. Can we try that again? Okay. I was saying that I'm sorry that on such an enthusiastic evening, I've got to talk about something that's such a downer. We're going to talk about... About... Um, uh, um, anxiety. Anxiety. Were you not touched by Amber's story? The bat- yeah, yeah, yeah. The first young woman who shares your story, that she suffered from anxiety. I think that some of you in this room here this evening, you suffer from anxiety. 10% of the general population, so I'm going to assume this evening that 10% of you here in this auditorium struggle with anxiety. 30% of you at one time in your life are going to have a major anxiety episode. You may have two, three, or more. It's a terrible mental health problem in our generation, especially affecting young people. Anxiety. And so I want to begin by just asking you the very simplest of questions. Do you worry? Do you worry? Why don't you just take a moment or two to just kind of process that about the secret things that you think about and that go on in your mind. Do you worry? 
I think when I asked that question, you probably had one of three physical responses. I think there's some of you in the, in the room, you just kind of shrugged your shoulders and said, worry? I, 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 doesn't everybody worry? I probably worry a little bit, but I'm a positive person, you know. I, uh, somebody told me once that worry never accomplishes anything, and I, a uh, little bit worry? Yeah, that, that was your response. I think there's some of you in this room, you, you didn't shrug your shoulders. You kind of leaned forward a little bit. That question got your attention. It piqued your interest. Because if the truth be known, you do worry. Oh, you don't worry all the time, but there are times when finances, when school, when relationships really get in the way of your mind and sometimes you can't sleep and, 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 and sometimes you, you, know, you even worry about your worry and, and it's, not, it's not debilitating. It comes and it goes, but yeah, you, you probably worry more than you should. Some of you shrugged your shoulders, some of you just kind of leaned forward a bit. But there are some of you in this room, you did neither. Your bodily reaction was you bowed your head ever so slightly and you felt a tinge of shame because you worry and anxiety grips you every day of your life. And sometimes you wonder how you go to school, you go to work because, and oh, you've tried not to worry, you've tried to be strong, you've tried to think positively, you've tried to pray. But you're anxious. You have non-specific fears going on in your mind that something bad is going to happen. You can't turn off your mind. It's like almost every day you are plagued by uncertainty. And sometimes you just feel that it's a miracle that you can get through your day. So how did you respond to that question? Did you shrug? Did you kind of lean forward? Or did you bow your head in shame? We don't have a lot of time this evening, and um, I, I thought that I wish we had a professional who actually knew what they were talking about come and talk to you about anxiety. I think what I'm going to give you is more of a pastoral response. But I want to give you a little roadmap of where we're going to go, and I want to talk to you about three things. To begin with, I want to talk to you about the anxiety that the Bible does talk about. You might be surprised to know that there is a lot of scripture that talks about this very subject. And then after we've talked about the anxiety that the Bible talks about, I want to talk to you about the anxiety that the Bible does not talk about. And that may surprise you. Because someone has told you that the Bible talks about every human experience, and that simply is not true. The Bible, for example, does not talk about brain chemistry and an anxiety that is caused in young people and in adolescents and young adults caused by brain chemistry gone amuck in your mind. It doesn't talk about that. There is a substance that flows in people's 
uh, bloodstreams that when released causes an extreme amount of anxiety. This, the name of this substance is so long, it's about 18 syllables long. It would take me 43 seconds just to say it all, but the scientists call it CCK4. CCK4. And if you have CCK4 flowing through your brains, it doesn't matter how much you love Jesus, it doesn't matter how much you pray, it doesn't matter how much you try, you are going to have extreme anxiety in your life. There is a medical anxiety, a mental dis-ease, a mind dis-ease that grasps especially young people and causes very, very real anxiety. So, we're going to talk about the anxiety the Bible talks about. We're going to talk about the anxiety that the Bible doesn't talk about. And then thirdly, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to see what the Bible says about the anxiety that the Bible doesn't talk about. Did you get that? If you followed that, you're really sticking with me. We're going to talk about what the Bible teaches about the anxiety that the Bible doesn't talk about. So first of all, let's just talk about this general anxiety that all of you shruggers, you know, your shoulder shruggers, and all you people who lean forward, um, this is this general anxiety that we all seem to suffer. I want to talk to you about that first. And I have nothing new to tell you. You've heard many sermons. You've had, heard many presentations on what you're supposed to do when you worry, right? You know, the money, the finances, the kids, the school, the relationships, all that stuff. So what, you know, what, what you're supposed to do when you're worried. And um, you could probably tell me, what, what is the first thing you're supposed to do when you worry? Pray. Yeah, yeah, pray. Of course you pray. That's what we've been taught, and, and we know that so well. I heard somewhere, who knows if this is true, that even 25% of atheists will pray when they're in crisis. I mean, everybody prays. It's just kind of what you do when you're anxious. And we all know those great scripture verses. Um, um, you know, cast all of your anxiety upon the Lord, for he cares for you. And the most famous of them all, Philippians 4, 6, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and we know this so well. We pray when we worry. But you know what I've discovered? That most of us just use prayer to worry some more. We worry pray. We pray all right, but we just use prayer to continue our worry. We do that. I hear that people pray this, oh Lord, I need my job. <laughs> I can't lose my job. I need the money. I need to support my family. Oh, please, 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 please. Help my boss to look upon favor upon me. Like, like Joe and Mary, they can lose their job. Maybe they should go, but please, Lord, I, you know, and... And, and, and yeah, we're praying, but we're just worrying. And I don't think that that's the prayer that Jesus is talking about. He's talking to us about releasing and surrendering this, this, this anxiety we have and just giving it to him and trusting him to take care of stuff. I knew a woman who was praying for her husband for 30 years. And every time I heard her pray, it gave me a headache because she was, you know, Lord, save this man and work in his heart and work in his life. I finally said to this woman, you've got to stop praying. <laughs> you've got to start trusting. 
You've got to start believing God that all of those prayers that you have prayed over the years are going to work. You've got to cast this upon the Lord and you've got to release it and let the Lord look after that crazy old man. He's got to change him. You have done what you can do. You have prayed. Now start trusting and start living and start believing and stop worrying. Use prayer to release, to give you comfort and to give you strength and stop using prayer to continue your worries. Let go of it. Well, the second thing we've been taught to do is, you know, talk to God and then talk to a friend, right? Talk to somebody who's a good listener. Oh, the value of a good listener. They are wonderful when you can find them. And the scripture we like to quote for this is simply, bear ye one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. Haven't we discovered that when we're really worried about something, if we find someone who will listen to us, you know, we hear ourselves talk and they're nodding and looking like they're really interested and, and they're asking good questions and there's back and forth. And you've often discovered that after a, a good talk with someone who listens well, your anxieties just don't, they just don't seem to be so bad. That adage that an anxiety shared is an anxiety have really Proves to be true. And so if you're kind of battling with worry, you know, you kind of lean forward, find a good friend. It helps when we share our burdens with one another. And then finally, I just want to talk for a few moments um, about what Jesus talked about because Jesus gives us some great perspective on worry. In fact, he spends half of one chapter in Matthew chapter 6 talking about anxiety and what we should do. And he says, simply says to us, listen, I know you worry, but let me give you some perspective, Jesus says. Look at the birds of the sky. Those little things fluttering all around. You know who takes care of them? Jesus says, I do. I look after the little birdies. Did you people know that you're more valuable to me than the birds are? If I look after the little birds, don't you think that I'm going to look after you? And Jesus gives us some perspective. And then he talks about the lilies of the field. Consider the lilies, he says. Consider the lilies, they toil not nor spin. They bask in God's sunshine. They drink in God's rain. If God cares for them in such marvelous ways, how much more, how much more will he care for you and provide your need every day? Come on, people. I've got this. I know you're worried, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, I've got this. I will take care of you. Follow me and let me worry about your worries. Isn't that good? I am the God of the universe. I created this world. I flung the stars into space. All of the planets, all of the suns, all of the moons. I've done this all. I am omnipotent, almighty God. I've got big shoulders. I can handle your worries you just follow me and I will worry about your worries. That is so good. And that's what we do with this general anxiety that we all have. 
we pray, we talk to a friend, and we let Jesus worry about our worries. Ah, but then there is an anxiety that the Bible does not talk about. A chemical anxiety that many of you in this room face. And praying and talking to a friend and even believing the great truths of Scripture don't seem to help. In fact, you feel guilty. You feel like you're a bad Christian. You feel like you don't have enough faith because of this nagging, nagging anxiety that you have deep within you. It's easy for us to think of our bodies being sick. We, we experience sickness all the time. But it is extremely difficult for us to think of our minds as being sick. Our minds not being well. We struggle with the concept of our minds having a dis-ease. Your mind can be ill. There are mind disorders. Why is it that we're so comfortable talking about bodily illnesses, but when it comes to having a discussion about our mind being ill, we become very, very uncomfortable? If you have a friend who shares with you that they're not doing well, they have a kidney infection or something like that, you, you get all sympathetic and empathetic. You say, oh, I'll pray for you, and are you going to be okay? And you'll call a few days later. You'll check in on your friend. You'll be totally invested in the physical health of your friend. But if our friend tells us that they're, they have a mind illness or they're struggling emotionally, all of a sudden that gets a little more complicated and we get a little more frustrated or a little more um, uncomfortable. And I don't know why that is. And maybe some of you here that are battling with anxiety, you're battling with mind illness, you're ash you feel ashamed. And you feel embarrassed. You didn't, don't want anybody to know how you're feeling. And you come to a great service like this where everybody is praising God and doing so well. And you keep saying to yourself, what is wrong with me? And you try and you try. But there is something in your mind. You have an anxiety disorder. An anxiety disease. 10% of you in this room battle with that. As I said earlier, 30% of you at least once or twice or three times in your life will have a major episode of anxiety. What's it like to have anxiety? I was going to try to, you know, concoct some words to tell you what it's like, but I decided not to do that. What I decided to do, I've been a pastor for more years than many of you have been alive. Write down some of the things that people who have anxiety disorders, some of the things that they've said to me, what it's like. 
And I just want to share them with you, and maybe this resonates with some of you in this room. One person said to me, Pastor Warren, anxiety is like an agitated state of my mind. When it isn't too bad, I'm uneasy. But when it's bad, I get panic attacks. I panic and I shake. Someone else said, Pastor Warren, I just can't turn off my mind. I keep having nonspecific fears that something bad is going to happen. I get chest pains, my heart races, my mind races, my whole body races, I have muscle tension, I cannot sleep. There are many, many nights when I wake up and I cannot sleep. I obsess about the silliest things. Is that you? I have unwanted thoughts that I cannot control. And people always say the same thing. I don't know why this is happening to me. Everything is going so well in my life. I, my, my, my work is going well. My, my relationships are going well. I live in this nice home. Why am I like this? What is going on? I am plagued with uncertainty, somebody said to me. What's going on? The mind can be ill. The mind can get sick. And sometimes the mind needs help. And I want to talk to you this evening about people and pastors and doctors and specialists that can help you when your mind is not well. Because your mind is killing some of you. You can't go to school. You can't, you know, your social relation. Everything is hurting you. Your life, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to leave your house. Everything is scary to you. You don't know what's going on. And if there's one message I have for you tonight, is you can get help. Many people suffer from this. You can get help. And I just want to stop here for a moment because some of us Christians, we can be so unloving and so insensitive and so unkind to people who battle anxiety. You have no idea what it's like to battle anxiety. No idea what it's like to battle depression. To be paralyzed in your soul and in your spirit. And the dumb things we sometimes say about, you know, don't worry, be happier, or count your blessings, make a list of all the things you should be thankful for, and you'll, you'll feel better in the morning. Just think positive thoughts, just pray more, just trust more, and you'll be okay. Some of the godliest people I've ever known, some faithful Christ followers battle at depression or anxiety. You have no idea what people go through, and it is about time that we're more sensitive, and nobody should be ashamed of admitting that their mind is not well. Nobody. I have no idea what it's like to be pregnant. 
Well over half of us in this room will never know what it feels like to deliver. Do you have a friend who suffers migraines? A friend who, you know, when, it, when the headaches come, they go into a room, they turn out the lights and they suffer. A lot of us have never had a real headache in our lives. We have no idea. Would you be more sensitive and understanding? Because everyone in this room, you either know somebody, or you have a friend, or a family member who battles anxiety. Love, love, love. What causes anxiety? I, I pray that this doesn't become a mental health presentation. I want it to be a message from God's word. But just let me be a little technical on some of the things that causes anxiety, trauma. If you were sexually abused, or if you were overpunished as a child, if you had some kind of major trauma, you are going to have, likely have anxiety. Just several weeks ago, we heard about 13 children. I can't even talk about this, but these 13 children were imprisoned in their basement and they were starved. The dogs were fed better than these children were. For years, children chained in their basement, do you not think that they're going to have major psychological trauma and anxiety in their lives? But this is what causes anxiety, trauma, brain chemistry. If, you, if, if the brain, if the chemicals in your brain have gone amok, if you have that, that long word in your, in your, uh, in your blood... You're going to have anxiety, family history. People who have anxiety often have a mother or a father, an uncle or an aunt who battled with, with um, anxiety. Your, your, your general health can cause anxiety. Illness in one area of the body can cause anxiety in your brain. We all know that to be true. That's why if you ever go see your doctor and tell him that you have anxiety, he's going to do some lab work and blood work to see what else is going on in your body because illness in one area of your body can cause illness in another area of your body. Sometimes that's why people become anxious. I was reading that anxiety often presents itself when we're teenagers or when we're uh, young adults. But if you become anxious in your 40s and 50s, the doctor's going to be very suspicious of that and he will probably think that there's an illness somewhere else in your body that's causing anxiety. Substance abuse causes anxiety. Believing wrong things and believing certain lies. If you believe certain lies, especially about yourself, if you believe them strong enough and if you believe them long enough, you are susceptible to anxiety. Chronic stress. Constant Stress that erodes like the water on the shore will erode your spirit and can cause anxiety. I want to conclude by talking about what to do about this. What the Bible says you should do about this anxiety that the Bible doesn't talk about. 
I want to tell you that there's something physical that you should do, there's something spiritual that you should do, and there's something social that you should do. Number one, there's something physical that you should do if you feel anxiety. Uh, just let me say one thing before I go there. Just thought of this. Some of you, one of the questions you're asking is, I don't know if I have just really bad regular anxiety or if I have a medical anxiety, if, if I have an anxiety disorder. I want to encourage you to go to anxietycanada.ca. Just make a note of this or you'll remember it. Anxietycanada.ca. And there's a youth zone there. And there are self-evaluation tests that you can take which will tell you whether you just have really bad regular anxiety or this is something that's ill that can be treated. Please just make a note of that or your friend will remember anxietycanada.ca. So what should you do with this anxiety that you may have? In no particular order, here should be your physical response. Number one, go and see your family doctor. Go and see your family doctor. Something is not right in your mind. There is a disease. Go and see your family doctor. Your doctor cares about your body. And he cares about your mind. You need to discover what is at the root of what is happening to me. You need some information. You see, the Bible says that God has given us not a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. That's the gift that God has given to us. But your mind is not well. Something has happened. You may not know what it is. You have to figure it out, and you have to find out what it is. Go and see your family doctor. Some Christians are a little down on doctors. I don't know why, but they just are. I've heard some Christians say, doctor, doctor. Doctor Jesus is the only doctor that I need. Come on, I, it's doctor. It would be interesting to know, wouldn't it, what Jesus actually thought about doctors. Well, he said quite a bit about doctors, believe it or not. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he said, it is not the well that need a doctor, need a physician, but it is the sick that need a physician. He said, it is the, the sick that need a doctor. I don't think Jesus is down on doctors. One of the people he chose to write his life story was a doctor. When he healed the ten lepers, he involved the, 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 the health services in verifying their healing. I don't think Jesus is down on doctors. Listen, if, if you are anxious all the time, if you can't sleep, if, if you have a family history, of, of, of anxiety. If you think that you are using substances to try to quell your anxiety, if you have suicidal thoughts, go and see your family doctor. He can help you. And he will help you. You can't do this on your own. You need help. Secondly, you need spiritual help. Pray. Mike, pray. Pray. That's what, that's what you do. You pray. Pray. Pray for your doctor. 
You, got, you have to find out what's going on. Pray for the process. There's treatment for this, but it'll take time. Just pray. 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 And pray. I love it when Pastor Henry always says, you know, what is God saying to me? I think one of the questions you should ask yourself is what is God saying to me in this time of anxiety? What, what, what is he saying to my, to my heart? We here at Center Street Church, we have a whole list of Christian counselors that can help you. We have freedom sessions, and many of the people who go to our freedom sessions are dealing with anxiety. You see, it's full fan. We go to the doctor so the doctor can do what the doctor can do, but we go to God because God can do what God can do. It's not one, just one of them. It's both of them together, working together. The way you attack an enemy is by creating two fronts, and so you go to see your doctor. You go and you pray. Because you can be helped from this terrible, terrible thing called anxiety. It's okay if your mind is not well. You can get help. And very quickly and finally, find the right kind of friend who can listen to you. One of the things that you're going to need to overcome anxiety is courage. You're going to really need a lot of courage. And you may be completely depleted of courage. Your, your courage may have left a long time ago, but that's what encouragement is from a friend. The friend breathes some of their courage into you and gives you the strength to go on. That's what encouragement is, sharing your courage with another person. And that's what you need. You see, that's, people with anxiety, they're always saying to themselves, oh, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. No, you're not. You are incredibly strong. You have no idea how strong you are. How many times have you gone to work when, when you were anxious and didn't want to leave the house? How many times have you gone to school when you didn't think that you could? How many times have you sent the kids on their way and, and fed them and cared for them when you were completely bereft of any kind of strength at all? You are incredibly, incredibly strong, but your mind is not well, and a friend will send, give you some of their courage. You can do this. You can do this. You can get better. And we as a church will help you and your friends will help you. And your doctor will help you. Is it okay for us to suffer? Is it okay for not, things not to always be perfect? It is okay. But what is not okay for you to suffer in isolation, to suffer alone and feel shame because of your anxiety, that is not okay. I'm done, here's what I want you to do. You can find me, my, my email address on the webpage at the church, cschurch.ca. If you have a photographic memory, warren.weeb at cschurch.ca. I'm, I'm on, the, uh, on our webpage, warren.weeb, I before E, W-I-E-B-E, at cschurch. I want you to just email me if you struggle with anxiety. And maybe just tell me what your experience is like. And maybe if you're going to finally have the courage to go see your doctor, you're going to say, Pastor Warren, pray for me. I'm going to go. I would just like to pray for you. That's all I want to do. I just, just want to pray for you. Because you're going to be okay. Because God is greater than your anxiety. Let's bow for a prayer. Jesus, it's been a hard topic, 
And maybe for some of us, we could have listened to something else. But I thank you for the few people in this room that had the courage to come out tonight and the courage to listen. And I just pray that you will give them a little iota of hope. Just a little bit of hope. Give to everyone in this room a greater love and acceptance of those who struggle with mind illnesses as we are so good with helping those who struggle with bodily illnesses. We thank you that depression and anxiety is not the last word, but the greatest word in our vocabulary is Jesus, and the greatest word is hope. And we walk and we live in light and hope. For we ask it in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.